We are a people that follow after those things that make for peace, love, and unity. Chapter 6, Section G, Eldering and Oversight Friends recognize that eldering and oversight, like ministry and teaching, are gifts provided by God for the accomplishment of God's work within, as well as beyond meetings and churches. Let us consider eldering and oversight each in turn. Eldering involves encouraging another person or a whole group to faithfulness, that is, to putting faith into practice. Eldering is encouraging others to hear, trust, and follow God. Having our daily life reflect our faith requires discernment of God's ongoing guidance and then obedience to it. A person may feel, I want to be faithful, but how do I know what God wants? And how do I manage to do what I know I should? Eldering helps answer those questions. Eldering happens at the interface of inward faith and outward action. Eldering helps with discernment, knowing right from wrong, with motivation, doing what you know is right, with caution, waiting for clearness before acting. Eldering offers feedback, a gentle reprimand for something wrong or an affirmation of something done right. It provides recognition and development of others' gifts and supports a spiritual climate in which ministry and personal spiritual growth can flourish. Some people are uneasy with the idea that friends can help each other distinguish between acts that are spiritually right and those that are wrong. However, in various work situations, colleagues help each other figure out and then follow through with doing what is right on particular tasks. In community groups, friends help each other identify and then use right approaches to childrearing, food preparation, and much more. Eldering involves similar help with choices that have spiritual ramifications. Eldering is often specific and personal. Ministry given in meeting for worship might offer general caution about being tempted into greed or pride. Eldering would more typically involve saying to someone privately, I think your new job sounds wonderful, but with that big salary, are you going to be able to maintain your simple lifestyle? Or to a minister who has given a good message during worship, an elder might say, What you said today had a ring of truth. I'm thankful for God's work within you. The recipient of good eldering feels the rightness of it. Even when eldering contains an element of correction, it contains the sense of truth. An act of true eldering is a gift from God to be used for the spiritual encouragement of the person or the group receiving such counsel. A person who is often given that gift is called an elder, just as a person who has a reliable gift of teaching is called a teacher and one who ministers frequently during worship is a minister. Elders are discerners of character and motives. They can separate right from wrong, truth from untruth. Elders need to be tactful, to be cheerful and not severe, to be trustworthy, to be calm in the midst of a spiritual tempest. Elders grow to have a large reserve of wisdom from which to draw. Elders need to be constantly watchful over themselves, 
that their own agendas not interfere with their calling. Yet, they must be diligent for the right gospel order. They need to be supportive of those who are spiritually struggling. A person living into his or her gift of eldering provides a good example of humility, right choices, and repentance. Elders must be willing to talk about what is happening spiritually within themselves. Some friends struggle against the idea that over a period of time, certain people are used more frequently by God for vocal ministry. Some are used more often for eldering, and some are used only occasionally for either ministry or eldering, but are used by God for other types of service. We may want to turn our understanding that, quote, anyone can be used in vocal ministry or eldering, unquote, into an assertion that, quote, everyone will be equally used, unquote. However, we do not have much trouble recognizing, encouraging, and approaching individual gifts in music, sports, healing, etc. We can easily say, she's a gifted musician, or he is a true athlete. The meeting and its individual members should be alert to signs of constantly operating spiritual gifts. Publicly identifying individuals with particular spiritual gifts can help those individuals grow in their gifts. It can also help people in the meeting know whom to ask for particular spiritual help. Friends with a gift of eldering are often especially sensitive to signs of a spiritual gift arising in others. Established elders can be helpful in nurturing new gifts. Although any person can be used in ministry, eldering, or oversight, people with one of those particular gifts carry out that service more effectively and can benefit more from sensitive mentoring. Furthermore, a person's spiritual gift is likely to develop more fully in a setting where other people have and practice that gift. It is often easier for a meeting to identify a person's gift of ministry than to recognize a gift of eldering. One reason for that difference lies in the nature of ministry and eldering. Ministry is usually accomplished publicly, taking place for everyone to notice in a meeting for worship. Eldering, on the other hand, is more often done privately between the elder and one or two other people. Therefore, meetings and the established elders in them should be especially alert for developing elders. Asking who is good at helping others with spiritual problems will often identify an elder. The gift of eldering, like all spiritual gifts, works in the context of the body of Christ. That context includes a shared conviction that Jesus speaks in our hearts in a unifying way, calling us to follow him. An elder is not free to make up or privately discern between right and wrong, or to launch in a personal effort to quote-unquote fix some problem. Eldering based on the elder's own ideas is wrong and will not bear fruit. Each elder needs to understand and work from the meeting's corporate faith and discernment. Unity of basic faith within the meeting not only is a foundation for each other elder's action, but also opens the way for recipients to appreciate the eldering that comes their way. It is best for elders to live among the community of believers, attending its meetings and remaining aware of what is happening among the people on an everyday basis. Elders need contact with others called to that office, both in their own monthly meeting and in the quarterly and yearly meeting. 
Younger elders learn from older elders just by being together. Informally recognizing a member's spiritual gift, a friend's meeting is saying that that person's gift has come to its attention and the meeting affirms its presence. Formal acknowledgement of a gift helps gifted persons understand what is going on with them spiritually, and it makes it easier for friends mature in a particular gift to nurture beginners. In that way, the meeting encourages the person to let God develop the gift for use in God's work in the meeting and beyond. Sometimes the entire meeting itself needs eldering. The meeting needs guidance just as individuals do to remember its principles and to keep listening to God. Elders are sometimes called to encourage the whole meeting to faithfulness. Elders do that by praying for the meeting during worship or business, providing for right order during meetings, signaling the close of meetings for worship, keeping principles clear during times of decision-making, organizing times for prayer, healing, discussion, work, etc. as needed, discerning and calling out gifts for the benefit of the whole meeting, and keeping open for their own inward listening space towards God for the meeting's condition. Elders also have a special concern for and relationship with ministers. They encourage ministers in their vocal ministry, often in private discussion and also through correspondence. Elders are often useful as companions for friends traveling for ministry or planned speaking engagements. Not having functioning elders in a meeting takes a toll on the ministry and spiritual life of the meeting. In fact, it has been said that if friends want a more inspired ministry in their meetings for worship, they should seek first to identify and encourage the elders among them. It is essential that eldering be done under God's guidance. Doing what is technically right without God's direction leads to trouble, as does confusing one's own desires with those of God. The elder must also guard against developing assumptions that certain people are always right or always wrong. A similar challenge involves maintaining an appropriate balance between supporting the functions of the meeting as a whole and addressing the needs of individuals. In the past, elders enforced community standards. Often today, individual perceptions are emphasized over group needs. Both extremes are harmful to spiritual wholeness. Elders need to be able to maintain confidences, but they must also discern accurately when to seek another elder's help with a complex problem. As we have seen, elders should not undertake their work in their own strength. Elders themselves need the support of good eldering, both in their personal lives and in their service as elders. In addition to spiritually encouraging ministers, other individuals, and the meeting as a body, elders work with each other. In Ohio Yearly Meeting, that work is facilitated by regular meetings of ministers, elders, and overseers together, where challenges can be shared confidentially and advice given. The third spiritual gift that Ohio Yearly Meeting recognizes is that of oversight. The gift of oversight involves awareness of and care for the physical context in which God's work takes place. This includes following through on the meeting's interest in the basic physical well-being of its members, assuring that all members have sufficient food, a place to live, and medical care. 
the duties of hospitality and buildings committees can also be seen as oversight. As the minutes of one of Ohio Yearly Meeting's monthly meetings noted in 2001, quote, The overseer has a special gift to meet the needs of an outward nature among the Lord's flock. The overseer, when functioning properly, can be seen as the hands of the Lord at work. The overseer exhibits concern for living life in this world. The overseers should show good judgment and wisdom, tact and kindness, and sensitivity and love to the temporal needs of others. Members may find it helpful to consult with an overseer on important decisions they face, such as may be involved in changing jobs, educational questions, counseling needs, marital problems, or other questions of family living, matters of health, or making of major purchases. Overseers should not make others feel inadequate, but should give help in the spirit of sharing in the Lord. Sometimes, a few short minutes of oversight may make a difference. At other times, lengthy sessions are needed. Overseers should always work discreetly and often may need to work privately with individuals. A fund should be available for overseers to use at their discretion to help with outward needs as may be required. Overseers themselves need to exhibit good stewardship and management of resources as an example to others. Unquote. Let us now compare the three gifts of ministry eldering, and oversight. The minute just quoted above continues, quote, There are not sharp distinctions to be made among the three offices, minister, elder, and overseer, but their differences are those of emphasis. Ministers are called to express, especially vocally, the message of God. Elders encourage the indwelling of the Lord's Spirit, and overseers help put the Lord's message to work in our outward lives. The blending of the three is necessary for the good functioning of the meeting in our Lord's business. Unquote. The three offices draw on different gifts or types of authority. The gift of ministry involves prophetic authority. By this, we do not mean foretelling future events, but speaking in response to God's call within in order to make known God's will to others. Eldering is based on authority of discernment, and oversight involves pastoral care. While the gift of ministry involves giving vocal messages during worship, friends with the gift of eldering may also give messages fairly often. The difference between typical messages from a minister and those from an elder is one of style rather than frequency. Ministers' messages are usually broad and extensive, developing several points fully. Elders are typically succinct, offering a few sentences that get quickly to the heart of the message. Overseers, like all other members of the meeting, will probably give anointed messages in worship from time to time, but they usually live into their particular gift by doing rather than by speaking. Ministry is typically focused on increasing the hearer's faith, that is, on encouraging right beliefs and an immediate relationship with God. Eldering focuses on increasing faithfulness, that is, acting in harmony with one's beliefs. Oversight arranges circumstances and gives advice with the aim of supporting spiritual growth. Those different points of focus can be represented as God's truth, ministry, God's way, eldering, and God's life, oversight. 
They do, however, overlap and blend together. For instance, a career decision often involves both practical economic questions and concerns about how the job will mesh with a person's religious convictions. A person with the gift of oversight will probably emphasize one set of questions, while an elder will look at the situation from a different perspective. Ministry often emphasizes content, eldering emphasizes process, and oversight emphasizes practicality. Ministry is public and general. Eldering is typically private and personal. Oversight is more likely to be practiced personally and perhaps privately, such as when an overseer's help is sought for financial or job-related questions. Some overseer's work is more public, such as arranging hospitality for visitors or a workday for a meeting family overcome by illness. The differences among the three gifts can also be illustrated with various images. For instance, the minister may be seen as a mother giving birth and delivering God's message. The midwife, or elder, stays nearby, encouraging, admonishing, and explaining what is happening. The overseer has been on hand ahead of time, getting the room and supplies ready, and remains present to make sure those things are in order. An example from animal husbandry provides different images. With God's guidance, the minister pours appropriate feed into a trough where the animals can readily consume it. The elder offers guidance towards nourishment and safety, herding the animals to the right pasture and away from danger. The overseer has again been busy beforehand, tilling and fertilizing fields and maintaining needed fences in good repair. We are a people that follow after those things that make for peace, love, and unity. It is our desire that others' feet may walk in the same. We do deny and bear our testimony against all strife and wars and contention. This podcast has presented a portion of the book Traditional Quaker Christianity. The book was assembled and edited by Cherry Wallace, Jack and Susan Smith, and Arthur Burke. It was read by Chip Thomas and the audio edited by the same. The words for our musical introduction are from Margaret Fell's Letter to the King in 1660. They were arranged and sung by Paulette Meyer. To find out more about Paulette's work, go to paulettemeyer.com. That's paulette, M-E-I-E-R, dot com.